is the destiny of mankind controlled by some transcendental entity or law. Is it like the hand of God hovering above? y'all welcome to culture i am your host leslie lee the third in this world folks berserk it's been too long it's been too long since the berserkathon it's been too long since the passing tragic passing of kentaro miura since we've come together and celebrated and talked about his life, his work, and Berserk. We have an amazing panel of guests tonight. We're just going to have a free-flowing conversation about Berserk. I am, of course, Leslie Lee the Third, host of Struggle Session and Culture. How's it going? Good, it's good. Um, excited to talk a little bit Berserk. Um, I... I... I have a kind of strange back history with Berserk, I think. Like, I just found it as, like, a teenager growing up on, you know, I'm from Scotland. Really oh, I couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been watching fucking Highlander nonstop. I love that shit. Well, that, I mean, that is exactly what it was like for me growing up. <laughs> Uh, and I guess Berserker is a kind of Highlander, you know. It um, is a very there. They do. There is an overlap. It is like a. I, there is lots of wars in Highlander. Lots of strategy. He's like you know. It, I would. It, Connor Mc, uh, Duncan McCloud probably would have run into the band of the Hawk at some point and been like, man, that fucking dude Griffith is fucked up. Absolutely, and I mean. Like I was saying, like, um, you know, growing up, we didn't have a lot of TV channels. You know, there's four channels. And as a teenager, you know, I liked to stay up and watch, like, you know, weird films on Channel 4. And then one night, they started playing what I thought, you know, was like a cartoon. And it was Berserker. Oh. I was, like, fascinated that this was like a cartoon for adults. I can't imagine seeing it on TV. I can't even imagine. But thank you so much uh, for joining John 
and Maddie. How's it going? I'm doing well. Um, hi to listeners. I'm Maddie. I'm one of the co-hosts of a podcast called The Pod Hand. We are doing like a kind of in-depth berserk read. Hopefully my two other co-hosts, Kay and JR, will be able to pop on at some point. Um, I don't remember when I actually first heard of Berserk. I think I've been like passively aware of its existence since maybe high school, but never really looked into it until I guess like maybe March or April last year when Kay made a thread just kind of talking about all the really meaningful parts of Berserk because all I'd known it for was kind of like that the, the edgy stuff and that didn't sound like all that interesting to me but when I read his thread and he talked about all of the like really emotionally impactful parts of the story and just like the really cool stuff I was like okay I gotta give this a go and I uh, fell in love obviously to the point where I co-host a podcast about it uh, it's really like almost Shakespearean in scope. It's a really wonderful story. But maybe we can just go ahead, get the discussion going. If you want to, if you want to call in yourself and talk about Berserk, please feel free to do so. But uh, I discovered Berserk because someone spoiled the ending for me first. Somebody told me people were, it was, it was like a thread about movies or books or things with the most messed up ending and berserk was like number one so i had the ending of the anime series obviously the manga goes on much longer than that but the manga uh, the anime series spoiled for me and that made that's the thing that made me want uh to get in and actually let's uh watch berserk knowing that it ended also uh poorly uh for everyone because that's one of the main things people talk about is the eclipse we all are berserk experts and we know the story is much bigger than that but that's all but that 97 anime series is just so tight and so bloody and violent and so memorable and that was my entry into berserk yeah same like uh, well, I didn't know, you know, how it was going to end. Like, I was just watching through this, like, at the time, really bizarre experience of, like, serious cartoons. Um, and I think I've been surprised by how frequently I find it, like, just coming up in, like, almost unrelated seeming stuff, you know? Like, the Northman just came out. The Northman, like, has a berserker in it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, like Elden Ring came out. Obviously, like that's I, I enjoy a lot of the the Soul series games, and they are like extremely influenced by that. Um, yeah, I I mean Elden Ring is huge now, and like when I'm playing this game, I mean it, it was just announced it sold what fourteen, it sold like thirteen point four million copies so far, more than Call of Duty, and it's a uh, and it's such a huge game and it's clearly inspired by Berserk as all of the From Software games have been. So Berserk is not just this kind of small, you know, thing. It has had impact in the culture, wider culture. You can't tell me Eggers hasn't watched Berserk, okay? You can't watch, yeah. And, yeah, The Northman is out. It's great. In fact, I would recommend Berserk fans definitely uh, check it out. Uh, but yeah, it's a... It, 
berserk the manga i mean I, I when i was announcing the show i posted a picture of like a, a chain because a rapper named rob banks has a bailet like encrusted with diamonds and it's like you know berserk is in the culture it's everywhere and i'm so happy uh, we get a chance to talk about it yeah actually i i just saw the north man actually like on opening night because i have a problem with uh with eggers films i really love them and I was thinking, too, while I was watching it, I was like, I wonder if Robert Eggers has seen or read any of Berserk, because there's not really anything that's like a, a one-to-one correlation, but there were a lot of things that I'm like, okay, I know, you know, the vibes are all around, but I kind of wondered. Um, another one that I, I saw, re- not read, actually, where I would be, like, kind of shocked if the author hadn't at least kind of some awareness of Berserk is um, there's a book called Between Two Fires by Christopher Buhlman that is set in like the 14th century France, I think. And it has a very like Berserk kind of Dark Souls vibe. So that's another book where like, if you like Berserk, I would really recommend checking it out. It's a really great story, but it's, it's, it is really interesting how much is like, and I know it's kind of like that, you know, once you become aware of something, you notice it more than you would have before you knew about it. But I keep seeing stuff and me like, oh, I wonder if that's a Berserk reference, which I know is like almost like a meme in the Berserk <laughs> community to point out like, oh, is this a Berserk reference? And Maddie, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess because I got cut off right before the name of the book, but I'm going to guess it was Between Two Fires. Yeah, it was Between yeah, Two Fires. Yes, yes. Yeah, I read that um, in like january or february this year and i loved it i thought it was really fun and it it definitely it doesn't have quite the same scope as berserk but it definitely gave me some of the same kind of feelings while i was reading it so i think if you like berserk there's a pretty strong chance that you would like between two fires absolutely 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 so oh it looks like alani you finally are able to mute yourself hey how's it going (laughs) great uh sorry for that leslie well it's so good to have you on please tell because you are i i love talking to you because i think you're possibly the most passionate person about berserk that i know aside from that girl in in spain who like designed her own berserk tattoo and tattooed it all over her uh the front of her body i think she's number one but you might (laughs) be number two well thank you for that i mean i i I consider myself a big berserk fan but i I don't know maybe i guess but thank you for having me on um so i got into berserk because of a best friend i opened up with one uh that bailet theme remix that is just so sick so sick i already mentioned rob banks who is a kind of like a kind of like a cloud rapper he's actually shaggy's son and he's known to sample a bailet daily beat or two tell me why lots of great covers of that one i love the music of berserk i love um even the soundtracks for the video games and the uh not so great uh uh what was it 2013 series let's talk a little bit about the music what's your favorite berserk track man i got yeah uh, i was almost like uh I'm not sure if you'd want to talk about the music because, like, you know, maybe you just want to talk about the manga or whatever, but 
like this the opening soundtrack is like the platonic ideal of like a 90s alt rock song but somehow it's like better than most attempts at it like the pen pals theme like it's so good but if i had to say my favorite one i think forces is like so hype like i during lockdown at one point i just started listening to that song like so frequently that song was a hit single. They had to drop like a EP of it because it actually became a hit. But let's listen to that intro right quick. I still get chills hearing that song because I just remember it always reminds me of my first time watching it and watching episode after episode and it kept getting better and better. And every time I would never skip the intro song because I got so excited. Uh, but we got our first caller here, Manuel. How's it going? Go ahead, unmute yourself. What do you want to talk about as far as Berserk hey, goes? But, uh, there's a heavy metal band called Visigoth and they have a song that's just straight up called Abyss Walker. Inspired by Artorias, the Abyss Walker. And they have another, another one called Firekeeper, I think. Uh, but you should check them out. It's really good heavy metal, Dark Souls inspired heavy metal. I really think you should check them out. Oh, thank you so much, man. Well, much appreciated. Uh, Visigoth, Abyss Walker. I'm checking. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, I like what they're putting down. Maddie, what, what's your favorite Berserk track? Um, honestly, it depends kind of on what I'm listening for. If I'm like, if I need like a good like pump up hype song, like Forces, there's almost nothing better to like get yourself moving and like I listen to that all the time. If I'm like cleaning my house, um, or just like kind of need to be active. But, like, in terms of just, like, chilling out, the Guts theme is incredible. It's oh, so yes. relaxing. I found this track on YouTube where someone looped it for, like, an hour with, like, kind of ambient storm noises over. And it's, like, the most soothing thing to listen to in the world. <laughs> I've actually, um, I play mandolin and I've, I've learned how to play Forces and the Guts theme um, on my mandolin. Not very well, because I'm not very good at mandolin but uh they're both actually really fun songs to just kind of pluck out oh awesome i love i love the guts thing like we got we gotta drop it we gotta hear it yeah we can't talk about it without listening to it it's so sad 
It's so sad and somber, but yet beautiful. I can't get enough of it, really. It's like crazy to imagine, like, it's possible more people have heard this than watched Berserk because of how much of a meme it became at a certain point. Um, the video I'm looking at, 19 million views, and that's just one of them. Alright, we'll keep the conversation rolling. We'll let guts roll in the background. If I think it sounds okay. I think it still sounds okay. I think everybody, I got low enough we can still talk. And Kay, I've invited you to speak. And Alani, if you are you there? Can you unmute yourself? Are you doing okay? Can you hear me now? Yes. Oh, it's it's so touching, and every time the way they use it in the episode, I, the, I we're talking a lot about the '90s anime, but I mean, there's a reason why it really captured the essence of the manga and the depth of the manga, and then added like the music and the animation and the color and all this, and it really underst it understood the exi- assignment in such a way and helped you know add to the overall beauty. Of berserk uh, as as a art form as a series. Just chill out with this music. Yes, just... I'm gonna go ahead take our next caller, Joshua. What's up? How's it going? Hey, good afternoon. Uh, going well. Um, yeah, a huge berserk fan, um, and I was just thinking, wondering, like a, one of the biggest impacts it had on me is uh, like the reference to the shadow, like Carl Young's shadow, and just like how the how we can all relate to it in the sense of like struggling in life. So just wanted to hear y'all on that. Oh yes. Whew. My brother. I have I finished grad school. Don't make me have to pull out the papers. Don't make me have to pull out the papers. I was done with it yet, but yes, obviously there's several references uh to this throughout Berserk. And I what I guess what the question is, like what would Young think about the Berserker armor? Is <laughs> really like where it comes down to, right? Yeah, exactly. That's a, a great point. Like that's like that really is like the inner, like his inner representation, and that scene would I guess would you know speak to him a lot. Oh yeah, and the, some of the latter um, chapters where you see um, what G- G- Gus's fears about, you know, the berserk, the armor that he has on. It's, it's very, very dark. I forget, Do they give it, what's the name of it? Is it like called the, the Hound? Or, the like Hound, the, the Hound, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like the Raven is like, he's like, he does an insatiable appetite to like kill. And it's like, you know, it has to do with like the way he's been growing up, like reared out his life, just having to be involved with war. But that's not who really who he wants to be, and it'll destroy him. But it's like that duality of like he has to rely upon that to survive at the same time. Yes, yes, it's the only thing that you know keeps him through going through all these battles after battles after battles. He constantly has to lean on it. And as we were coming through the later chapters, we saw how that was having a physical effect on uh, him and kind of t- taking over. Now the uh, the last the very last chapter. Has a bit of a hope spot, has a bit of a bright light where maybe uh, Guts was, you know, being able to shed this shadow or, you know, come to terms with it in some way by uh, finding uh, Casca. But let's talk about it. It It, it is a, 
a fi- we don't if will it continue is it finished have we gotten final word on it does anybody have the news on if we are done done with berserk i know another chapter is coming out in a collection well no word from animal house i don't think i mean young animal excuse me um on whether there's going to be a continuation of it uh person me personally i i don't think there will be uh just because how miura kind of set out and wrote out i mean he didn't write i don't think some of his stuff out beforehand so it's really tricky it's we just don't know at this moment we can't just determine i don't think unless somebody heard something else that yeah, yeah, I hadn't heard anything else. Uh, in the chat room, a couple people mentioned the video games, uh, the Dreamcast game being their first experience with Berserk. Uh, there was also a pretty good PS2 game, a not-so-great uh, Musou-style game that came out a couple years ago. You also had official tie-ins with uh, the first iteration of Dragon's Dogma, where you can play. you could play officially as uh, guts or a uh, sephiroth not well not as them but you can get their armor and their swords as a tie-in to the anime movies uh that came out so has anybody else on the panel played any of the berserk uh games oh go ahead john uh yeah unfortunately like a and by the time that i learned there was uh a berserk game like it was way after it had came yeah there was no way to play it yeah yeah. well the the the, you can if you have a decent pc you can emulate the dreamcast game and the um the ps2 game actually fairly fairly easy fairly easy if you have a halfway decent gaming computer and they're worth it they're not bad games they're a bit old school they're kind of like they kind of remind me a little bit of like a slower play a slower paced devil may cry like the first couple not, not before it got all combo crazy but they have like yeah. original music and original stories that are that actually are like canonical like it's actually like a really cool game I, a lot there's a pr- some pretty decent less plays that are worth checking out as well yeah yeah that's that's why i know exists after i got into uh, you know, I learned about it. I watched uh, one of the Let's Plays of it, and I was like, you know what? This is high, higher quality than I would have assumed the graphics would be for that era. Uh, and um, like, it did look like a good game. Like, Devil May Cry isn't really my jam, but like, as like because the combos are too quick, you know. All right. So let's dive into the manga and some of the stuff that's not in the anime series. Let's talk about favorite chapters, favorite arcs. Let's get into it. Uh, I am like my favorite arc is the Lost Children kind of like mini arc. Um, it's honestly almost not close as much as I love everything. I like really, really love Lost Children. <laughs> um, Jill is my favorite like minor character in the entire thing. I just think it's it's a great chapter because it's like it's such a dark spot in the story, but it also has like a lot. To me, it is almost like the the, the philosophical core of the story. Um, so my uh, kind of academic experience, I am not like people talk a lot about like Jung and Nietzsche with 
Berserk, but I'm not super familiar with either of those. But what I am familiar with, because I studied French and um, was my minor in college, is um, Camus and absurdism. And I feel like there's a lot of parallels in the kind of philosophy between Camus' absurdism and Berserk, but particularly as is expressed in The Plague, kind of this idea of, like, in order to actually, like, fight against the things that are wrong or evil or unjust, you actually have to risk getting close enough to be hurt by them. And I see that a lot in Lost Children in particularly. So that's kind of why that's the arc that I, I feel like is the most emotionally resonant to me in terms of pure, like, like back of the brain id stuff. I really like the chapters that um, cover Serpico and Farnese's backstory because it's just like so fucking goth and I love it so much. <laughs> Those are my favorites. Oh. For me, it would have to be Wounds. I absolutely love that chapter. You really see, you know, beautiful, beautiful panels that he did. And you see not only the struggle and um, the hardship that they had to go through and what they experienced, but you're also seeing um, very much healing process through 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 Casca and Guts in those chapters, and I think it was just so beautiful how Mira penned all that out. And Kay, are you there yet? Are... I, I think I am. You are, finally, yay, we can Kay. Hear you. Uh, hello, fellow strugglers. Uh, hey, this, how's it going? This berserk uh, remembrance night uh, for Miura. Um, hey, guys. Uh, so on the subject of favorite chapters, uh, so I have I've kind of a, a contextual reason why I'm such a huge fan of the Tower of Conviction uh, bits. Uh, which is that when I was, uh, I got really big into Berserk like pretty early when when the anime came out in America and there were these sort of, the Media Blasters DVDs were going around and they had, uh, unusually for an anime, they had like uh, DVD extras and they had interviews with the, um, I think it was the producer. Uh, they, they had one with Miura himself, but but the one with the producer kind of stuck with me for one reason, which was that, uh, they were asking the producer of the 97 anime, like, would you like to continue doing Berserk past the eclipse? And the producer said, uh, and it, it just like, have somebody who watched the show and was just like left on that cliffhanger of what, what happens after like, after, after, you know, this, this huge drama, uh, what really stuck with me is that the producer said, yes, we would love to resume uh, animating Berserk. And in fact, we would love to take the story up to the second eclipse. And I was like, what the, f there's a second <laughs> eclipse. Holy shit. And so I, I had this kind of gap of time between when I saw it in like my last year of middle school and, and kind of when I was uh, maybe a junior in high school, I finally got a hold of the scans and, and could read Berserk. I had this amount of time where I was just imagining like where the story would go and kept imagining how cool and fucking badass it would be of like guts hunting down the demons and all this stuff. And the second eclipse, like how the fuck does that happen? Uh, and then I finally 
when I got to the Tower of Conviction, it was like, holy shit, this is even better than I made up in my head. That it's like the rare, the rare you you you're a fan. You've spent time imagining where this story goes for years, and then you actually get the product of of what Miura had had written and had worked on, and it's like even better than I conjured in my mind. And and that's always something that stuck with me about Berserk is that uh, no matter how I related to the the story as a young person when I followed it, when I like kept going with it, it just kept getting better and better and better. And the, the Tower of Conviction is just so crazy and such a great um, horror uh, kind of like set piece. And, and, and the, um, I love the prostitutes in the Tower of Conviction arc, Luca and uh, her kind of gang of, of um, uh, communist whores uh, who are also Satanists a little bit. It's really good stuff. Uh, and But I think my favorite like single chapter uh, is the chapter where uh, Guts goes to visit Godot on his deathbed. And he gets kind of a premonition that Casca's gone. And so he goes to see Godot and uh, finds out she's not there. And so he's talking to Godot on his deathbed as like an old man who's kind of dying of old age versus Guts as this sort of very young person who's just you know, completely traumatized by what's going on. And I think that exchange is just something that's, that's stuck with me as one of the most beautiful images uh, in the series. So those are, those are my favorite bits. Oh, thank you so much, uh, Kay. Kay, you missed a few questions that we had earlier on. Had you ever played any of the video games? You know, I did. Uh, I, in fact, when I was in my first year of high school, I bartered with a guy to get his old Dreamcast and a copy of the sort of Berserk uh, Dreamcast game. And I remember distinctly playing that game and then going to a guitar lesson at the end of the week. And I literally couldn't move my thumb because I had been... <laughs> so hard and it's it is kind of a dumb button masher but the 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 ps2 game and the dreamcast game are really worth looking up uh because miura really did have like an actual hand in writing the script and they've got little bits of them that are, are kind of interesting if you're just looking for like a, a side story like berserk gaiden or something and uh the ps2 game looks better than the 2016 2017 series objectively so totally yes it, re it really kind of does sadly yeah um yeah yeah in the chat room people may, uh yes there's a second thing uh the tower of conviction arc as well i think that probably is beside you know the bank band of the hawk stuff which in my opinion is like i don't know one of the greatest stories ever told but outside of that i really do like that tower of convention conviction arc that was when because i i love that initial band of the hulk series so much that i was kind of resentful that it went on after it i kind of liked how it ended with just this absolute tragedy and no one survived but as it went on and it got to the conviction art i was like okay this is worth it i can see where this is going and i can see how big this whole thing can get Yeah, it just it just kept his imagination was too big for one lifetime. I think that's that's the really sad part. But yes, it kept building and building, and I, I think that 
Uh, I have friends who didn't want to read the manga because they loved, yeah, they loved the golden age in the, the 97 series so much as just kind of like a, a historical drama that, that ends in this crazy supernatural way. And they thought that the story would be kind of diminished as it becomes sort of like a power fantasy with guts, but that really isn't what happens. It's he, he is, uh, I mean, Miura was really an excellent writer and was really able to just kind of keep upping the scope of the story and the stakes and everything and hold on to it in a way almost nobody else in pop culture, I think has ever done. Um, which is why it's so sad. We don't really have a proper ending. As to Spaniard, a genius, what an artist. Absolutely. Well, I'll ask the panel is Mira a genius. Where does he rank among all the great geniuses of our time? You know, Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, who else? Uh, uh, I don't know. Honestly, I think it's just them too. I think it's just it's just Kanye and Miura. I think. <laughs> oh, Kojima, Kojima as well. Kojima. Honestly, like I don't think I don't think I've read anything else that is similar in scope, just in terms of like the range of human emotion that it portrays. The, the only thing I've read that's, I would say, on level is Goethe's Faust. But, um, yeah, when I'm comparing you to Goethe, like, that's pretty much your genius. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I would yeah. say yes. Yeah. <laughs> ah, we were both agreeing. I can't believe we all agree that he's yeah, a genius. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, on that, but let's dig in. What is his innovation? What is he, what did he do that all the other mang, mangakas who were doing epic dark fantasies didn't do? I, I don't know if it's like I don't know how unique it is um, to Berserk uh, in general, but certainly in relation to like cultural products, like now. One of the things that I think is like extremely impressive about it is that it just has like an earnest conviction in itself, and at no point does it like sell it out. It's like, oh, this is just like a just a silly story or anything, you know. It like, you know, it firmly believes in everything it's setting up, and it's setting up in like such a well-paced way, you know. Like when I first sort of got into it, it came it came off initially just as like um oh this is like a just a historical medieval kind of retelling of you know, like ancient history. And then suddenly like demons turn up. And because they'd spent so long establishing like a world where everything felt normal, like I was like, Oh, maybe demons are real. Like why wouldn't you just immediately do that? <laughs> Uh, it's just like an incredible like scope to be like, oh, I'm not going to use these ideas all in once. I'm going to believe in my ideas, and like once like I set up a world where they can like be deployed effectively, I'll do it. From a design standpoint, uh, I think he was, he 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 had the artistic and he had the creativity to write it. So the, the two of them merging together was a, it's a beautiful 
masterpiece in itself. Um, and it's, it's really unusual for the story and the art to be so good because we haven't even talked that much about the art tonight, but the art is just absolutely phenomenal. The best of the best of the best. We've mostly been, but we've mostly been talking about the story and it's so unusual to find both of those in one thing, let alone with one person kind of at the head of both of them. And he was growing. You see his, his art start to take shape like all artists tend to have um he even had to switch from inking to digital and that's why it took forever at one point for us to get a chapter out of him but <laughs> but that was the process and and he he just did it magnificently i i i'm still in awe of, of like just like certain panels that don't even have depth dialogue he you know the expressions on people's faces through the intricacies of all of his monsters that he designed were absolutely spectacular. And I, that's why I considered him one of the greatest artists around. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, folks, if you have anything you want to say about Berserk, about Miura, Please feel free to do so right now. We will be, you know, last call for calls right now on Culture Night. We had a great time talking berserk with all of you. But I want to ask all each one of our panel, you know, give us a summary of your feelings about berserk. For people, for what, what, you, what does berserk mean to you is what I'm asking. And I'll, I'll start myself because what berserk means to me is like, there's almost nothing else I can sit with and engage with and it immediately sucks me in every single time. And that, but that's berserk for me. Like I just every time I look at a page or I listen to some of the music or I watch some of the anime, I just fall in love with it all over again because it has, as you were uh, mentioning, John, an earnestness to it. It believes in this world and believes in this story. And this story is this dark, uh, twisted fantasy that, you know, I really have dug since I was a kid, like playing like Castlevania or something like that. The same uh, or the Dungeons and Dragons stuff that inspired Miura. You know, and I've always, you know, I always come back to it. It's been one of my favorite things. I've a key. I've enjoyed so much of it. It's meant so much to me and my life. And I just want to thank you all for joining me tonight and talking about it. Uh, thanks very much for inviting us on. You know, um, yeah, just agreeing exactly with that sentiment. You know, like the the uh, the max of like magical elements and historical thing like the, the way that's been done in berserk it feels like a unique kind of product and it's a very rare thing to say that somebody can produce like a unique thing it's often like just like a derivative of something now um that's like what i think of it like a wow like an artistic product where somebody like made a new kind of genre that's art. absolutely I mean, um, the way I really feel about it is that it's it's probably, I, I almost feel like Miura is probably the greatest artist of of the 21st century, at least right now. <laughs> maybe the constellation of influences that really made him 
such a gifted artist, um, may, maybe even just being in the industry at the right time. I, I don't think it's ever going to be replicated, but it's just an incredibly uh, sensitive person, an incredibly um, sensitive eye, sensitive hands, uh, really giving their entire heart to tell the best story they possibly could. And knocking it out of the fucking park harder than anybody has ever knocked it out of the park. That's, that's really how I feel about Berserk. And that's also sort of why I really feel like it's kind of time for people who want it, you know, who feel that it should continue or who want this sort of ending really, really need to let it go because Berserk was Miura. Like they're inextricable. It, it really was his um, entire you know, his entire imagination was poured into it. And I, I just think that the ending, the ending we got is, is beautiful. It, it ends in almost the most perfect place it could possibly end. If not the real ending, you know, um, I, I don't know if I, I really want to say too much about it, but just the final shot is something that I think hints at this, almost this kind of, we can use it to kind of extrapolate, an emotional conclusion to a lot of the drama in the series about, about how the characters really feel about things that, that sort of reveals maybe where the trajectory was going. And I feel it's enough. And I feel that Guts and Casca's story had reached a place of not conclusion, but culmination that makes me feel, I, I mean, I, I was just in tears. I couldn't believe it when I, when I read it. And I just think, uh, yeah, yeah just uh it's there's never going to be anything like it again and it's it's incredible so uh uh Miura. miora we, we we hardly knew much about him uh i know i know we're, we're talking about berserk in general but he was like Kay said that was berserk was him and um I just read recently uh, Miura's best friend was just Koji Mori's uh, one shot that he did in memorial of of uh, Miura, and it was just gut wrenching and very very personal and in depth from somebody we really don't know much about, or at least like we from from interviews and stuff like that. But um, it was basically uh, his one shot of his best friend he knew for forty years and talking about their childhood. And that's what, that's the thing with Berserk for me is, is I learned it from my best friend for like over 20 years now. So yeah, we will never ever get anything like Berserk ever again. Yeah. And Maddie? Yeah, I'm, you know, since I'm a little newer to Berserk than I think the rest of us, but like it really quickly just kind of they like, consumed my thought processes and a lot of things. I just think it's such an incredible story. Like there's basically anything you could want in a stories in berserk. There's adventure, there's camaraderie, there's romance, there's horror. Like it just, it has real. there's even parts that are funny. It has really everything. And I think that's so rare to find something that has that many tones and carries them all so gracefully and so well and they flow so nicely into each other and it's just like it's, it's really like an incredible story in that regard and that 
I find that very impressive. And just, like, the character writing is so good. Like, even without... Because he's... Mira's very kind of, a like, a dialogue minimalist, but just the way he's able to draw expressions and gestures and just the little details he puts into, like, the characters' clothes and their postures and that kind of thing. You get such a full picture of who these people are, and I don't see that very often in comics or even in, like, prose fiction. It's really wonderful, and it's... It's honestly, it's just a really beautiful story. If you can... If you can soldier through how extreme it gets at some points, which I actually think now that I've read it is a point in its favor that he'll go there. But um, yeah, if you can soldier through that, like it's a really honestly inspiring story. And I know that sounds like kind of cheesy, but it really is. It's, it's the best, like no matter how much it sucks, like keep, keep going through it sort of story there is really. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I have breaking news, folks. I've just received word that the people down at Netflix have been listening to this show. All right. And they decided to give us all, all of us, a contract to adapt Berserk into a live action Netflix series. But only if we can come up with a suitable cast in the next one minute. Okay, folks. So- we, okay, so we know James Corden is available, so that's a good starting point, right? Only as Puck. Or Corcus. Corcus. You know my casket pick, Leslie, and that that's um, Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. Oh, she's a little bit canceled. A little bit canceled. Can we go Zendaya? Can we go Zendaya? No, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, why not? All right, we need we need a guts though. We need a guts. I've been saying Michael B. Jordan, but maybe he's a little bit long in the tooth now. Who who's a hot young stud that's jacked? Maybe maybe we could do like holograms with Rutger Hauer. Maybe that's how we could do it. <laughs> <laughs> or, maybe, or maybe that Jack Reacher dude. Like he's pretty big, right? He, like he's pretty like he he looks pretty big in it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who who's playing Griffith. Who's Griffith? Oh, Griffith is absolutely Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> Timothy, ah, oh. <laughs> obviously, obviously, he it would be Timothy Chalamet. Obviously, what if what was Tom Holland guts Timothy Chalamet Griffith? Uh, Jesus Christ, Zendaya Casca. Is I think he actually could be a decent judo. Oh, yeah, like not great, but decent. I can see. I it. All right, Momoa. Momoa's guts because I know he's older, but I, I still think he's good guts. <laughs> yes, Momoa. Uh, who do we get to direct it? I mean, obviously Eggers, right? Uh, obviously Robert Eggers, hundred percent. Really, that works. Yeah. I mean, Our... <laughs> before I... the Northman, I might have been a little bit skeptical because I wasn't wouldn't have mm. been sure how well he'd do with action. After the Northman, I think he can do the action pretty well. Oh, all right. I actually the the one thing I didn't I did not like about the Northman is that was the action. Now it's a great 
action movie, but I actually think the action could be a bit better, more well uh, thought out uh, than it was almost like a kind of like a James Gunn type action where it wasn't a lot of back and forth combat. We need some people like we need people scrapping. So maybe we get um, I think you get Verhoeven. That's my oh, oh, you get Verhoeven. Verhoeven actually is the correct answer. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he. I just watched the last duel, and I thought the fight, like the the actual the titular duel, and that looks really great and grimy. And uh, Ridley Scott might actually do pretty good. At Ro- he Berserk. would. Ridley Scott could do a good Berserk. He really, really could. I mean, Gladiator is very, very yeah, yeah. He could do a good Berserk. As long as we've got. Uh... Someone like uh, Paul Schrader writing the internal monologues for Guts. Okay. You want you want him? All right, Paul Schrader on the script, on the screenplay. Maybe we can get John Milius. We can get Milius yeah. and Schrader recapturing that uh, Conan Barbarian magic, going back to the old school. Uh, I I think we can do it. I think we can do it. I'll get Netflix on the line. See how they they said their our budget is only. $250 million, so I don't know if we can really make that work uh, for this amount of money, but I'm very excited for it. Thank y'all so much uh, for joining me uh, tonight on this uh, show talking about Berserk. We'll have to do it again, and yes, we, we I want to do a Berserkathon. I know I talked, I met most of you because of the Berserkathon. Haven't had time to do it yet, and I'm thinking I'm going to do it with the movies. We're going to watch all three of the movies on Twitch one weekend sometime this summer and i hope you all are able to, uh, to join me then yeah it's been a blast yeah. Look to yes it. thank you uh, thank you so much for having me on all right thank yeah, you so thank much you. it's been a lot of fun Oh, and sorry, Corgi Hill. I think he, they were trying to get in, but we're uh, calling early. But we're going to have to talk later because I really wanted to talk with you. I'm so sorry about that. But, folks, that was culture. Have a good one. Peace. Shit.